0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Today we have a crazy story of revenge getting back at an unfaithful girlfriend. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, he broke my knee and I deserved it. A single decision can alter the course of a lifetime, and in my case, it was a not-so-simple choice between love, family, and the fight for redemption. We grew up in a small suburban neighborhood, or, quite correctly, I used to live with my dad here till I was four. It wasn't until my father and Sarah met that I had a sibling, Natalie. Natalie was a year my senior, she was five when we first met, and for some reason, we happened to find an instant connection. Growing up with my dad and Sarah as our parents, my bond with Natalie was ununderstandable. We were more than sisters. We were confidants, partners in crime, and best friends. We have flourished in unison from the early days of building sandcastles at the beach to late nights huddled under the covers, whispering secrets we had never told any other person. To the world, she was my sister, not my stepsister, and Sarah was my mother my dad says i called her mom the first day he brought her over to the house and that was how he knew she was the one to mend the broken heart my birth mother had left him with when she ran off with her high school sweetheart to chase a dream my dad could apparently not provide her natalie and i were born to be sisters we were soulmates sisters with an unbreakable bond and our parents were aware of this our childhood was filled with laughter and shared adventures we would spend hours exploring the woods behind our house crafting imaginary worlds only both of us could understand, and chasing fireflies as the sun dipped below the horizon. We were a dynamic duo. She was as much a support that I was to her, to me through triumphs and setbacks. And the more we grew into adulthood, the more we found it hard to do without each other. As a teenager, Natalie was the one with the infectious laugh and indomitable spirit. She was the beacon that guided me through the tumultuous sea of teenagehood. And it helped that she was a year older than me. We shared dreams, fears, and aspirations, weaving a tapestry of trust that seemed unassailable. She was mine and I was hers. Forever. This is why when I saw a thing that appeared to threaten the eternity of our bond, I sought to destroy it. Even if it costs her the happiness she thought she felt. I am her happiness. She was just confused. He was the reason we had a falling out. He had to go. It was simply logical that Matthew had to get out of our lives. I remember the day like it was yesterday when Matthew appeared before our eyes. It was easy for him to wind himself into our lives. He was 19, a senior. Sarah and my dad finally made enough to move us out of our crapping town and apartment. We were in a new environment and Matthew's family lived right next to ours. He dropped by in the company of his mother, the strong-willed blonde, to pass off what would seem like a welcome-to-the-neighborhood vanilla cake. I got to the door after hearing the doorbell chime, and Natalie was in my tail almost immediately, and from the moment he walked through the porch onto our front door, he became an irrevocable part of our lives. I saw Natalie's eyes sparkle with a newfound radiance when she sighted him by the door. This radiance continued whenever Matthew was within five feet or seeable vision. His presence seemed to ignite a flame within her, awakening a sense of joy and adventure that I'd never witnessed before. It was as if he held the key to unlock the depths of her heart, drawing her closer with each passing moment. I became pissed. Over the days, they seemed to find a quick footing almost instantly. That was our thing. She claimed he made her feel alive, like she was finally being seen by someone. To be fair, he had this charisma to him, perhaps it comes from being a senior. I couldn't quite place it, and aside from the fact that he was drop-dead gorgeous, he had good wit and a genuine curiosity for others. But it wasn't just for Natalie, he pulled his move on the whole of my family. Impact on our family was undeniable. He seamlessly integrated into our daily routines, joining us for family dinners, game nights and impromptu adventures. His laughter filled our home, breathing an air of excitement and vitality into our once familiar spaces. For a while I became a stranger in my own home. Despite my initial reservations and flickers of envy, I couldn't help but be drawn to Matthew's energy, his presence brought a fresh perspective to our lives, challenging us to step outside our comfort zones and embrace the unknown. He had a way of making the ordinary extraordinary, infusing mundane moments with a touch of magic. I fought it, but I found myself losing the battle one too many times and I gave up. We were no longer a duo, myself and Natalie, we became a trio and I wondered if Matt, as we grew to fondly refer to him, had any close friends before we moved into town. His inclusion created a new dynamic within our sisterhood. While it was natural for Natalie's attention to be divided between us, I tried to find solace in the fact that his presence seemed to amplify the love between us, rather than diminish it. He became a pillar of support for both of us, offering his two years of wisdom to provide guidance and encouragement when we needed it. Our union was something unique, I guess. He was the needed spice of adventure that we needed. From road trips to hidden waterfalls to spontaneous camping trips under a star-studded sky, he showed us the beauty of embracing life's unpredictable moments. Maybe his inclination for the unpredictable should have been the hint I needed that Matthew wasn't all he seemed to be, but I was oblivious to that. My focus was on something that mattered more to me. Amidst the laughter and shared experiences, we began to document. I couldn't shake off the underlying twinge of envy, I saw how effortlessly Mark could bring a smile to Natalie's face, how he seemed to understand her in a way that I couldn't. It was an internal battle, wrestling with my own insecurities and the fear of being left behind. It wasn't that serious, just knowing that she would find no use for me in the coming weeks, she would begin to leverage Matt's presence and the vibrant color he added to our duo. At first it didn't matter much to me, at least not until that day by the pool of Matt's house. The scorching summer sun beat down on us as we sought refuge in the cool embrace of the pool. Laughter echoed through the air as Natalie, Matthew and I reveled in the carefree moments that summer had bestowed upon us. Little did I know that this seemingly idyllic day would forever alter the course of our relationship. As the heat intensified, I volunteered to fetch refreshing drinks for our trio. Excusing myself with a smile, I left them by the pool completely unaware of the fact that I would be the center of the conversation that would unravel in my absence. The sound of splashing water echoed in my ears as I made my way back to the poolside from the kitchen. It was then with a drink in hand that I overheard Matthew's voice, tinged with a mixture of affection and frustration. I feel like she's become a bit of a leech on all our outings, he confessed, his words seeping into the depths of my being. I put up with her only because of you, Natty. It's always been you, Natty. He called her by the nickname only I was allowed to call her. But of course, that wasn't enough undoing to my soul. I felt my heart shatter as I heard my sister's response. Her voice tinged with agreement. I know, Matt. Sometimes it feels like I'm always responsible for her. If it weren't for my mom marrying her dad, I doubt we would even be friends. The weight of those words crashed over me like a tidal wave, leaving me gasping for air. Each syllable struck a blow to my already fragile self-esteem. How did I become a burden, a hindrance to the very person I loved the most? I was a pain to my sister. Matthew's words had stuck an irritation within me, but Natalie's words sliced through my skin, and when I saw them kiss, the hurt was piercing. At that moment, I felt abandoned, discarded as an inconvenience in their lives. Just as I'd always known would happen, I was overwhelmed with questions, doubts, and a gnawing sense of inadequacy. As I made my way back to the pool, clutching the drinks and trembling hands, a heavy silence settled over us and I wondered if they thought I overheard their words. The bond I had cherished so deeply became a cruel mirage, a figment of my naive imagination. The pain of me realizing that Natalie agreed with Matthew's assessment cut deeper than any physical wound, the foundation of our sisterhood had crumbled, leaving me adrift in a sea of loneliness and despair. I knew the problem. Matthew was the problem and he needed to go i handed them their drinks my hands trembling as i did mirroring the tremors within my shattered heart i forced myself to swallow the bitter taste of betrayal and smiled pretending that everything was as it should be i needed them to believe everything was fine that would be my cover they would have no reason to suspect me for what i had to do next in the days and weeks that followed i struggled with a bundle of emotions Anger, sadness, and a profound sense of loss consumed me. I watched from the sidelines, masking my confusion and heartache with a smile. I couldn't let them see the turmoil brewing within me. But in the corners of my mind, I began to see the misgivings in Matthew's character I'd been oblivious to. I couldn't shake the feeling that something felt off about him. With each passing day, I quietly gathered evidence of Matthew's questionable behavior and inconsistencies late night conversations with strangers and secretive phone calls. It was as if the mask he wore in public was slowly slipping, revealing a different side of him to me. I began to understand why he hung out with us more, why it felt like he had no friends before we moved into town. It was all because he had a different life, a life Natalie would not be pleased with. I had him. I had everything I needed to get him out of our lives. I could get my Natty back. That Friday night, Natalie had just returned way after curfew from a party with Matt, one that I wasn't invited to, as expected. I mustered the courage to have an honest conversation with her. I shared my concerns, gently exposing all of the things I'd found out. I wanted her to see it for herself. I needed her to make the connections of Matthew's dark side. Initially, my words were met with resistance. She defended him, every one of the misgivings, but I wasn't surprised. This is the way Natalie was. She saw the good in people and clung desperately to that version of goodness till she couldn't fight it any longer. But in her kindness, she's smart. She started questioning the discrepancies, the hidden truths that he'd skillfully concealed. By the end of the night, it was she who made the difficult decision to confront Matthew. The truth unraveled, revealing a side of him she hadn't anticipated. She was broken. It hurt to see her that way, but it had to be done. She ended things with him and I couldn't be happier than I was from watching the little bond shatter like my heart did that day by the pool. But it didn't end there. The truth of his deceit spread like wildfire reaching the ears of school authorities. It was discovered that he had violated school policies leading to his expulsion just days before graduation and as the whole scenario played out he blamed me. I became the subject of his disdain. He blamed me for his downfall, seeing me as the catalyst behind his exposed secrets. His anger simmered, fueling a deep-seated resentment toward me, but I could care less. All I did was out of love to push him out of our lives for good. We didn't need him. There was a bitter taste in the air between Natalie and I, but we tried to work it off by going through things we did before Matthew came into our lives. For a while, we didn't hear from Matthew or his parents. We figured they took time off from town to allow the story to die down a little. But I knew he was coming back. I knew that the tension between us simmered like a dormant volcano waiting for the right moment to erupt. But I didn't care. I had Natty. He watched our every move, a shadow lurking in the distance, fueled by a burning desire for revenge. He was consumed by bitterness. He sought to inflict pain upon me and he finally found it when school was about to begin. He waited and he made his play. The school year was set to begin in a few days. We were about to go on our last ride in high school. We had found our rhythm back through the silence from Matthew and we decided to go hiking on a trail we'd gone on when we newly moved to town. The breathtaking landscape stretched out before us as we set out that morning just before the sun was up, capturing our attention. But what we didn't know was that immersed danger lurked behind the enchanting facade. Maybe I should have paid more attention to my surroundings. Maybe I would have seen the figure that followed our trail. But I didn't. I was lost in the awe-inspiring view, and so was Natalie. For a brief moment, I turned my direction away from where Natalie explored. I fixed my gaze upon the horizon. It was in that split second of distraction that Matthew seized the opportunity he'd been waiting for. With calculated precision, he pushed me off the low cliff. My body descended without restraint. Confusion and shock flooded my senses, as pain radiated through my limbs upon impact. I struggled to comprehend what had just transpired. Days later, I awoke to a grim reality. My legs were immobilized, long irons piercing through my flesh, restraining me from ever walking again. I wasn't sure I would ever get to walk again, but it began to make sense. I was shoved off that cliff. I remember feeling the familiar grim hands shove me. There was just one person that burned with revenge against me. One person that blamed me for their downfall. One person had the cruel heart to do that to me Matthew. I had paid a high price to protect my sister, and I would do it all over again. And as I lay on the hospital bed, one statement played in my mind Well played, Matt. Well played. Now, if this all truly went down, I think both OP and matt here are way too invested in whatever natty's got going on i don't know how perfect this person is but it did not need to go this far on either side that said our next story is i got back at my unfaithful girlfriend
0: life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs
1: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P dot com slash storytime pod. You know those story tropes where someone meets another person they initially like and then later realizes someone else has much more to offer and so it becomes a game of respect and restraint? Yeah, I think we've all probably been there. At least I certainly have been. And sadly, I was on the receiving end. Before I get into how that happened, you need to know how it all began for me. I had just gotten into university as a quirky and quite simply oblivious teenager whose main purpose was trying to enjoy his newfound freedom the best way he could. So I got around quite a bit trying to get involved in a lot of activities to see where I belonged. Many of the experiences were short lived however, as I wasn't able to enjoy either the environment or the people who I had to share these experiences with, but some of them stuck for quite some time. One of such experiences was going for the math lessons that usually held after the school day. I was already good at math, so some might have wondered why I loved going for extra math lessons, but the reason was obvious. I wanted to show out. Math lessons were always a place where I could get really active with the lecturers and tutors, and it came with some class cred, because most people dreaded math, and as a teenager I just loved the attention I got when I contributed positively in class. Some people got closer to me so we could form study groups together, some others got close so I could help them with their math assignments and projects, and some were apparently just outright attracted to me for my intellectual prowess. They usually said they were sapiosexual, but I think they mostly just wanted me to do their math assignments for free. Out of all of the people who showed an interest in getting to know me after my math class exploits, one would stand out just because I thought it was only in my wildest dreams that a girl as wonderful looking as she did would show such an interest in me. In my mind, she was out of my league, but that was probably because I hadn't realized what self-worth was at the time. She was one of the hottest girls in class and always had guys fawning over her. I never actually bothered about this because I was happy with my regular friends who didn't draw too much attention for just existing and so we could just go ghost mode when we wanted. Which we did quite often. Back to the story, this girl and I barely ever spoke in class and never spoke after class. It was like our paths could never cross apart from lecture hours, but this would all change when one day she decided to join the after school math tutorial class. At this point I was already pretty popular in that class so popular that people were tipping me to become the next tutor, including the head tutor himself. She didn't know this though, but she would very quickly realize my prowess when only 15 minutes into the class, I solved a very difficult equation from one of the university's old math exam questions, which had been puzzling everyone for days. The people in class gave me a standing ovation, and I think my street cred went up by at least 100 points after that. After the tutorial was over, I heard a voice call out to me. So I turned to see who it was and there she stood in all her glory. The prettiest girl in my class. I was too smitten to even grasp all of what she said but I could at least pick out the compliments she made and at the end she asked for my number. Yes, she basically made the first move. When I got home she called me and I picked up after some hesitation. Then she told me she would love to sit beside me in class the next day and in my mind I was going, whew, it's actually happening. I was about to get my chance. The next day came and I got up early to prepare for class. I pulled out some of my best clothes and made sure to look and smell extra fresh for my first unofficial date with the prettiest girl in class. When I got to class I sat close to the front row because I wanted to be extra attentive just in case I had to show off. I got there early enough so I could secure some space and she could sit beside me whenever she came and she arrived not too long after. I called her attention to where I was, and she came around with one of her friends. Luckily for us, there was an extra space beside me where her friend could sit, although she wouldn't allow me to sit in between her and her friend, so she made her friend sit at the edge. Her friend was also pretty, but she drew less attention to herself, so you couldn't easily tell until you were up close, so that was probably the first time I even realized. That could have been why she didn't want me sat too close to her friend, but. Honestly, I wasn't crushing too hard to even let that be an issue. Lecture started and as usual, I was killing it with the way I was handling the questions. And my class crush looked so impressed but after a while, her friend also began to raise her hands to answer the questions and it started to look as if we were in a competition for who would answer the most questions. I was competitive but thought she was doing too much because she usually didn't speak in class. This was a non-issue though, because it would impress my crush even more for some reason. After class, she offered to buy me lunch, which I accepted, and in turn offered to help her with her assignment, which she also agreed to. When we finished having lunch, it was time for us to go back to our hostels, but she told me she wanted to get the assignment done as soon as possible and asked if she could follow me to my hostel apartment, which I duly obliged to. We got back to my place, worked together on the assignment, and before you know it she was rubbing all over me. Then one thing led to the other and we had some fun. After we were done, she started to tell me about how she'd always been attracted to me, but didn't make a move because she thought I was antisocial. you know, the usual stuff. And then I told her I felt the same way about her, and she told me she wanted to become my permanent seat partner and you know what that meant. I had just scored a girlfriend. Days went by and we quickly became an item of discussion, certainly in our lecture hall. People wanted to know how the nerdy kid scored the hottest girl in class, but I didn't mind. I might not have known my worth, but I had a decent amount of self-confidence, so the words never really got to me. We continued to get it on for a few months without many issues. There were some times her best friend would try to budge in to get some attention, but that was pretty minor. We were a solid partnership. I got to help her with academics and she looked prettier than everyone while I did it. The perfect combination if I must say. Problems began to arise when I started to hear rumors that one of the rich guys in her department had begun to make approaches towards her. I confronted her about this and she assured me there was nothing to be worried about and being blinded by her brown eyes and pink lips, I totally believed. The rumors persisted though and on some occasions I would even see them together. But in trying not to seem insecure, I would just play along with it. But you know what they say, give a woman an inch. And I certainly gave her an inch too many because all my trust was going to be shattered in one night. It was a day to freshman night a night where faculties got to host a party for all their freshmen. Me and my girlfriend were in the same faculty, so I had plans for us to go as a couple and even wanted us to get registered for the couple's pageant because I got a dope suit for my matriculation a few months earlier. However, when I told her of my plans, she didn't give the response I was expecting and told me she was feeling too down to go and wasn't so sure she would be able to make it. I was sad but I was also too understanding for my own good so I told her we could still chill at my place together. But once again she gave an off response and told me she was going to the hospital later that day. Now I didn't believe this part but I felt she might have just been feeling anxious and needed some time to clear her head. So I came to terms with it and decided to stay at home and I also let her know on the D day. I was just chilling in my room when one of my faculty friends hit me up to tell me he was competing in the pageant and he needed me to be his costumer because of my extraordinary taste in fashion. I told him what happened but he really persuaded me and besides, I wasn't going to spend too much time as the pageant was one of the first events of the day. So I agreed to his offer and got myself ready. I got there at around 8pm, about an hour before the pageant time, and I saw my friend chilling for me to pick his outfits. He showed me to the dressing room where I saw the other pageantry contestants, both male and female, including to my shock, my girlfriend's best friend. I was really surprised to see her and it was obvious she was competing from the way she looked. Once again, I had noticed her deceptively subtle beauty but that wasn't my main focus. I asked her if my girlfriend was coming and she told me she was supposed to, but she was unsure when she would show up which was very different to what I was told, but again, my main focus was getting my mate fitted up, watching the pageant, and going home, and that was what I followed through with until the pageant was done. It was time to go home, so I congratulated my friend, who had come second, and my girl's best friend, who won the female category, and said my goodbyes to the other people I knew. As I left the hall, I saw the rich guy who had tried to woo my girlfriend, He had just hopped out of his car and had a female riding shotgun. I wondered who it was, so I stood where I was to observe as he went to the other side to open the door. And the biggest shock of my life up until that point, I saw my girlfriend hop out of the car. I was speechless and didn't know when I fell to my knees. I'd been lied to. To make matters worse, every doubt I was having to lie to myself that it was a harmless date was quashed when they began to hold themselves intimately as if to tell the public that they were a thing. I didn't confront them partly because I didn't like public altercations and mostly because I was too shocked to even speak, so I just found a way to leave away from their line of sight. I didn't call her when I got home that night because, even though I was mad, I was still empathetic and felt I would have been ruining her night with such a call, so I decided to confront her in person the next day. When we finally met up, I told her what I would seen, and instead of her coming clean, she began to act up, accusing me of lying about not going and spying on her. I was truly shocked that all of this was coming from her mouth, but again, I said nothing. She continued to gaslight me and told me that my nosiness was going to ruin what she had with the rich guy. Apparently, she was just using him for the free stuff she got. This truly infuriated me that she would shamelessly say all those things to my face, and it was at that point that I realized what I needed to do was to even the score. Days went by, and she began to get withdrawn from me and her core of friends. She also had a big fight with her best friend, and that was when I decided to take advantage. As you probably know by now, I'd always found her best friend attractive but was unable to make a move because of our relationship. But now I finally had the chance. I coincidentally met her best friend over lunch one day and we got to talking about our relationship with who she called her best friend and we really spilled some tea. We both found out that she was very disloyal and always loved to be the center of attention without caring how it affected those around her. Now, I wasn't really into gossip, but seeing how she spoke with so much vigor really put me into a trance. And before you know it, I was holding her hands to tell her we'd both be fine. And to my pleasant surprise, she didn't move her hands away. I knew I was in. We started to talk more often from then on, often away from the line of view of my still girlfriend, and began to get more intimate. But months went by and I hadn't exacted my revenge yet because I was waiting for the right moment to strike, and my chance would finally come. My girlfriend had continued to see the rich guy from our faculty all this while even though we hadn't officially broken up. At this point I'd lost most of my feelings but was just playing along for the optics, and only my closest friends knew what was going on. One fateful day, during the second semester, she would run crying to me and when I asked her what had happened. She told me that the rich guy had abandoned her for another girl and that she was so sorry for disrespecting me nothing she said had moved me i was already planning to make her feel worse but i didn't let her know this so i just consoled her as she cried and also promised her a dinner date that night to make her feel better later that evening i hit up her best friend and invited her over when she got to my place i began to confess my feelings for her and to my greatest joy She told me she felt the same way, so I told her to go home and get dressed because I was taking her out on our first official dinner date. You see, I told my girlfriend that the dinner date was set for 8pm and that she should get there before me, because I had a surprise for her, but I told her best friend to get set for 8.30. So when it hit 8, my girlfriend began to call, and I told her she could order whatever appetizer she wanted, that I would be with her shortly and would come with my surprise. She sounded excited then but she wasn't going to be excited in a few minutes when I stepped into the restaurant with her best friend, looking like a super fly couple. I hit her with the surprise, and she was so shell-shocked she couldn't say a thing. Her best friend, who didn't know my plan, was also confused, but by the time I introduced her to my now old girlfriend as my new girlfriend, she seemed more calm and probably even loved it. I officially broke up with my old girlfriend there, and gave her probably the worst end to her worst day in university. She broke down into uncontrollable tears and I simply just paid for her dinner and moved to a different restaurant with my new girlfriend. We would never speak after that night and she also broke ties with her best friend as well as becoming more reserved in class. I merely got back at my unfaithful girlfriend and it made her turn a whole new leaf. Literally was so deserved. I mean, they did exactly pretty much the same thing to OP, only they didn't mean for OP to find out, so it was probably even worse. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.
0: Planning for your next trip?